His name is Heston Blumenthal. Hello. Welcome on board to another journey to the centre of food. I'm Jay, your host for this adventure, along with James, our Fat Duck producer. And on today's show, some like it hot, as we are going to be delving inside our most used but often least considered of kitchen devices, the humble oven, to explore the science and get some tips about this vital piece of kit. So without further ado, let's meet a man whose hobs are always hot. Heston Blumenthal. Hello, sir. Nice one. Are we talking about <laughs> hobs or ovens? <laughs> oh, good point. Is it not the same thing? Is it not the same thing? Is it, that's well, how we're going to begin with this. Okay, it, technically, depending on the question or the perspective, they can be exactly the same thing. If it, if it is a device for physically changing ingredients that one puts in pots or pans, for example, they're the same. If the perspective is where the heat comes from, they are different. If the perspective is whether they are contained in a hot cupboard full of air, it's another perspective. If <laughs> I could tell from James's face that basically he just went, no, they're not. <laughs> they're not the same thing. No. I, yeah, I should have just said no. Sometimes... <laughs> Closed questions nice are very good. No. No, they're not. So we're going to be doing ovens. We're not going to be doing hobs. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we did uh, a podcast all about knives, which I encourage you to go back to listen to, which is really interesting. Uh, and also we did one about how to design uh, or build a kitchen, both professionally and also at home, or at least Heston, how Heston's gone about doing it. And within that, ovens came up. And we had some requests to do something specifically on ovens because it's such a massive area. But before we get to that, we've had some... Um, people getting in touch because we did ask about people's kitchen experiences but Bray's Cottage got in touch and she basically said she listened to the kitchen design one it was very thought-provoking Bray's thinking about Cottage is Bray's that's... Cottage yeah yeah they're, they're, the co- they're the cottages that, uh, that you can rent in Bray but you said Bray's Cottage got in touch so so a so house must be, she must be called Bray yeah I think this is an Instagram name isn't it yeah she cooks she pies, I think. I think she does. If she's called Bray's Cottage, that's that's also very interesting. Hmm. It's curious, isn't it? Because like yeah. I said, Bray's Cottage. You, you, there are Bray's. Co- there are Bray's Cottages, and there's about five or six of them in Bray. That and they're lo- they're beautiful. Um, you can rent them. This is someone else called, I believe, Bray, who has a cottage where she cooks. She basically has a very small four space five foot by four foot she has very few gadgets much like you said and they have to earn their keep but one thing she said which i thought was very interesting is she has got a second fridge and freezers in her studio and to get to that she has to go down the garden path and she really likes doing that because she notices flowers she picks herbs um so actually that we were talking about making your space as efficient as possible but what she's actually done is she's made her her walk to get ingredients something that so enhances her experience with my let's call it adhd i've been diagnosed with extreme adhd after breathing drinking then eating is the next thing we need to do to survive the longest and sleeping so walking to a garden walking through a garden to get something you can have a perspective of smelling the roses and seeing the lavender. You could have a perspective of going on a walk to try and remove a busyness in your head that you might not want to. Mm -hmm. You can go on a walk and think, I need to mow the lawn. 
you can go and walk and think, oh, flipping no, it's raining. This is all perspectives, quantum perspectives. They're all there. Yeah. Me, if I, I go on a walk through the garden, it depends what the purpose is for. If I'm not careful, but is this a good thing or a bad thing? When, if I walk through my garden, I smell, I see, I hear like everyone does. But my head can get really, really busy. I think a lot. So my universe of food covers chemistry to biology to physics to history to philosophy to geology to geography to mineralogy to music to dance to blah blah so blah, 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 blah blah the garden for you is probably not a good idea when you're going to get your ingredients no i had the, I, <laughs> the, le the least steps i make <laughs> yeah. from where i am in my house to leave the door are often <laughs> more beneficial because I will look at an object and it will become a new universe. <laughs> Let's talk about ovens. So I'm going to narrow it down. Otherwise, yeah. this will go into 75 million podcasts. <laughs> Let's imagine okay. that an oven What's is an a oven? square box yes. that is somewhere in the wall. Yes. Or movable. But I'm part, we'll come back to the movable oven because it's very important. Which uses... Um, <clears throat> elements to heat the air up in this said hot cupboard. <laughs> are we happy, James? Are we happy with the definition of oven? Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's a in my mind, it's a, it's a hot contained space to which you can put something in, whether it be edible or, or yes. But a hot contained space is also a pan of boiling water or okay, a microwave. Well, this is a question I was thinking as you were talking about sort of a sous vide and the sous vide technique. If that's uh, that's it's called an oven, it? it's an oven, right? So you could be uh, cooking or you cook it with water. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing microwaves either. Well, that's an oven, right? And, that's an oven. and James, sous vide isn't an oven. Sous was original uh, under air, which was used for as preservation of food. Let's put that for another podcast. So okay. I actually, right now, for my own head, don't care what the dictionary definition of an oven is. I'm we telling you, box full my, of air. yes, box <laughs> like hot like air. The, podcast. the reason I'm saying this is people don't realize that air, conductivity, the material that you're using and the way that you pass heat to transfer to food, there are a myriad of options from sous vide to barbecues, from tandoors to microwaves. A microwave agitates the water molecules, vibrates mm -hmm. them, and that's what heats the food up. In an oven, the elements heat the air up and the air heats cooks the food and why is this interesting many reasons but right for right now it's air if you cook at a specific temperature let's say you put the oven at 100 yeah. many people still can't believe that you can cook anything at 100 so you open the oven door I think that's not hot enough to cook anything. Put your fingers on the metal tray. Burn yourself. Good point. Everything always seems to be cooked at 180 or 200. It seems to be everything is cooked. I don't know if that's just suddenly an industry standard or if that's always been so. I'm, uh, now, that's I've never a, that, ever that's a great it. question. I, I, 
it does it does but yes it does it's almost like those on the bottles of old bottles bottles of wine good with chicken weddings turkey chocolate <laughs> so so when i started reducing the oven temperatures but i you also used thermometers to test that the dial of the oven was actually the same as the temperature inside and quite often they're not they're not calibrated so really i mean that's something another thing you don't question you presume what it says in the front and also which part of the oven's which and uh, yeah. in terms of heat it can't all be the same temperature no, in there, right no a, a convection oven which has a fan that is meant to distribute the air again air uh will also have a different effect so having an oven thermometer which is inexpensive even if you don't use it every time, will make a massive difference. So when people say, I can't cook, they want to be interested in cooking. But that phrase, um, a bad workman always blames their tools. People who think they're not creative are. And questioning, for me, in the kitchen, led me to incredible discoveries. Mm. So low temperature cooking in an oven, putting an oven on at 50 degrees or 60 degrees, you, you open the door and you think, oh, this is absolutely, what, what am I going to cook in here? It won't even heat the water up. Yeah. But a 60 degree steak is medium. And also it changes timings as well, right? If you do it lower, oh. you can still cook it. It'll just take longer. Com- completely. So the, it's the con also, also the conductivity of the cooking medium. Boiling water, you wouldn't put your fingers normally in boiling water. You, a 180 degree deep fat fryer, I would suggest to anyone listening not to put your fingers in it, that you mm. will have a horrible burn. 180 degree oven, open the door, your glasses might steam up for a few seconds, put your hand in the air, doesn't feel that hot yeah it's only you touch the metal isn't it that you actually yeah and also when you open that door as well i know we're always told that's one of the things you don't open the door very often but i when that air comes out i'm curious because again the oven thermostats generally don't tell you how quickly they reheat to that temperature once all that air goes you're basically starting again from scratch aren't you reheating the air again once it escapes kind of i mean depending on how wide you open the door and how long you leave the door open and you might have a casserole in the oven with water in the casserole. So if the casserole has been in the oven for two hours and you open the door, the temperature will uh, drop. If you try and turn an oven down with the door closed, it takes a lot longer than you think for the temperature to drop. That's a really good point that I've never considered. That idea that actually you make the t- you may say, I want you not so hot but the air still got to go somewhere right and it won't naturally cool down that quickly yeah yeah so how did you when you started figuring out that there were all these potentially quite difficult variables to deal with Mm -hmm. how did you go about starting to try and uh, uh, well control them or at least understand them all did you did you put lots of thermostats in the oven what was your what was your way of doing and also coming back every oven's different right yeah coming back to um was it bray yeah the the five by four kitchen that for me, is a great point. Less is more. When Only when things start to become removed can you value more what is left. So at the Fat Duck, the kitchen was so tiny. 
it was difficult, but it also forced me, inspired me, made me, I made it myself, however you, however you want to say it, to look at things in more detail. If somebody had put 10 million pounds into a kitchen as my first kitchen and I could have anything I wanted, I had too much choice. These, these days we have too much choice. Walking around a supermarket for me hmm. is... Uh, yes, I, I can I testify tell you, being with you in those places. Yeah, I yes. see an ingredient or a box or a name on a box and then think, oh, I might do that. And then You come out with such a random array of things. Yeah. Normally. You go in to buy yeah. a sandwich, you come yeah. out with a pair of plimpsoles and three parasols or something. Yeah, yeah. If you, so out of that, interestingly, you know you ended up building your ultimate multi-million pound kitchen in, yes. in, in, in Fat Duck. Yeah. If you had been given that money... When you started to make an oven, I don't think I would you know, way I back would, in no period, way, no way. I mean, it would have been different, but I don't think any way, in any way, I would have been able to use that adversity to ask questions and discover things for myself. So you might have just have bought the most expensive oven and used that, but never actually have questioned like this. Yeah. Just just how it works within one. And because and you had one which was naturally quite faulty by the sound of things, or at least oh, not. It was terrible. It was the old pub oven. Yeah. Oh, and and, 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 and and Argus. Oh, we could do a podcast on Argus. Now, what is up with these? What is about an Argus? This, again, quantum perspective. I wrote a whole <laughs> article on this years ago, I think, for the um, Guardian. Why do people go, oh, yes, I love my Argus? Now, me, I'm not saying there's no, nothing wrong with loving an agar, but it depends on the perspective. As a cooking tool, it is, was absolutely useless unless you rose to the challenge of the complexity of it. But what, but so, what is it? Is it is, what makes them different? So this, They're just ovens that don't turn off. Four ovens, yeah, that, yeah, which can make your kitchen really hot all the time. But you've got four, let's say you've got an arga with four oven doors and then two hobs. When you lift the hob up, the air comes out of the oven. Oh, wow. So it's like a multi-oven almost. Oh, it, but, it's uh, an but... oven that seems to go up and down and in and out and left and right like a yo-yo. So <laughs> you could either be really, 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 this comes back to the uh, uh, the book we're doing. You can approach it as an an um from many different perspectives if you were cooking in a professional kitchen with a team of chefs oh my god would be a nightmare never would i touch it no but i i learned to love it because it challenged me so i lift this one up and the top oven changes temperature quicker and more than the bottom oven on the left-hand side. And if I lift the right one up, that has a different effect. So it has a personality almost, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. most things, but they sound like they have more personalities. James, I imagine you as an Arga man. I don't know if you do have, or if you don't have one, aspiring to be an Arga man. I'm going to leave you to, to keep that thought. I'm, I'm about as far from an Arga man as, as, as can be. Currently, my... I, I, I'm, I, I think an Arga man is an oxymoron. Paradox. <laughs> I just think... You know, no, well, I, well, I've never had one, so I've never had that that chance to to fall in love with it in 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 any way, and and I think I, I don't think I've heard many men say 
I love my Argo. I guess it's kind of one of those things, maybe people, when they buy a house somewhere, it's got one in it and they learn to love it that way. And then once you've once you've understood its mystery, then maybe it's it's a different journey. And I think, you know, listening to you you, you two talk, I'm, I'm thinking you know, of a piece of advice someone gave me years ago, which it makes sense, you know, it's kind of when you're cooking, the first thing you need to do in, in any kitchen is know your oven. You know, you've got to understand the tools with which you're, you're, you're going to try and engage with to cook whatever you want to cook. And, and, and the oven is a very important part of your kitchen setup, which is in, in every oven, even my, you know, my, my very, very 1990s, I think, Bosch oven. Are you laughing? Because well, it's—I don't know where it's come from. This oven because it was in the house when I bought it. I, Still you know, modern. And and you know it's unpredictable. It's sometimes you know um, contradictory. You know the dials sometimes say one thing when they mean another. You know I can put the same thing in for yeah. the same time on the yeah. same dial setting and it yeah. goes black in fifteen minutes as opposed to not cooking at all. Ah, uh, James, now we're going. Yeah. Now we're on a roll. Yeah, so <laughs> keep it. Keep going. But this is yeah. kind of you know this is what the oven is all about and its journey in our. And, and, and the human existence is very important because we've sought to control that beast of a thing that's now in our own home. It started off being an open fire, which is completely unpredictable and can burn everything down. We then put it in the ground. We built things like tandors and, and other kind of braai, whatever civilization like holes yeah. holes in yeah, the ground so we, so we try always it's about use clay it's about trying example, to gain spits. control over something yeah. that refuses to be tamed that's the truth of it and and you know Hest, like yeah, me. Well, absolutely and that's why you versus the oven is a fascinating journey for us gastronomic <laughs> observers <laughs> you know what i've just you just reminded me of something when i was writing for the guardian uh and was looking getting more obsessed in temperatures I did a roast chicken recipe with roast potatoes. And this is before I realized how long you could leave a chicken resting um, after you cooked it. It would still keep hot. I rented, we rented a house in Bourne End that had an oven with a little oven above it that had a grill on it. So I suggested, let's put the chicken in the oven and you can roast your potatoes in the grill. And this, this was almost the last straw for me, for The Guardian. Apparently, I had, of all of the journalists in The Guardian, I apparently had the second most complaint letters. I wasn't writing about homosexuality, feminism, world wars, starvation, diseases, cancer, government politics. I was just <laughs> one about cooking. <laughs> and I remember one Saturday morning, before going to work, I went to have a coffee with my daughter and I got the Guardian, the magazine. And I looked at the letters page and there were two letters and I had a lot more. One, one, one was that with cooking, I had suggested using a litre of olive oil to cook salmon. As someone said, not since the days of, what's his name? Who was the really extreme Roman emperor? Caligula. I was going to yeah. say, it would be like Not Nero or Caligula. the days of Caligula has such... Da, 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 da. What? And then, because <laughs> uh, it also said, Heston is on a holiday. These are my issues, by the way. Heston's on holiday for, for, for uh, away for three weeks. I wasn't. They just, every now and then, gave me through a, a, a break to have a guest writer on. Like, I'm on the Why does people think I'm on holiday? And why was I bothered about it? So then, what one was the letter. Other complaint? So, so it said, 
Heston is away for three weeks. Let's hope he never comes back. Who does he think he is? Heston, two ovens, Blumenthal. <laughs> oh, because you suggested that you had two ovens. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> He's lost touch with the common man. Yeah. Two ovens. Yes, private jet, super yacht. That's renting a house in Bourne End. <laughs> Which, which had massive gas leaks and it, the oven was, as I'm thinking of James's Bosch oven. Would recognise. So, so maybe there, there is something very interesting about <laughs> human beings' evolutionary relationship with fire and being able to control fire or control us, which then leads us to barbecues, which is another subject. Men and their barbecues having the need to control fire. Yeah. Well, talking about the private jets then, which obviously you fly around in now. Um, <laughs> okay. What? Fast forward to uh, airplane food. The no, the new fat duck. When you did get to design your ovens, which I think the other day you mentioned was some uh, very expensive to put it, to, to put it mildly. What were they? I mean, what makes them so expensive, and how were they gr- great ovens? What would, what did you build into them that made them? Well, the, 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 the most expensive kitchen ever built was the one that was done at dinner in um, Australia. And each, there were three central aisles. Um, they call them aisles or piano. In French, they're pianos. So imagine a big rectangular metal unit which has ovens underneath. It has hobs, things on top. Um, and each one of those, I, I designed them. The casing, the raw iron casing was made by one company, very famous one. The titanium top was made by another one. Titanium is very good for holding a meat. I can talk about this for a long time. There were heating drawers in it made by another company. The induction hob was made by a Swiss company. Um, They were hand sanded down so there were no sharp corners. Many, many other things. Each one was 275000 pounds there were three of them and i remember standing in the kitchen with ashley and johnny and thought oh my god i mean this 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 wasn't my company it wasn't my money it was like a kid at christmas time but i could have only got this by spending thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of hours in a crappy little old pub kitchen um to be able to design this kitchen i thought my god each one of these pianos central ovens uh, with all the bits on cost more money than the fat duck did. And those three middle aisles were just part of the kitchen. It was one of those moments. Oh, flipping egg. But thanks to the adversity, the crappy kit, the crappy tiny kitchen uh, and to me and thousands tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of hours spent in it trying to search for something I discovered so many things so many things and then was able to build this kitchen in dinner and then the kitchen at the duck that was a couple of million pounds the extraction hood was 150 or 200,000 pounds. When you had the, the, the terrible ovens in the fat duck to begin with, did you end up cooking some stuff 
out of the oven that you would traditionally cook in it just because they were so unreliable and didn't really do what you wanted them to do. Did you alter any of your... I know you alter quite a lot. That's when I invented sous vide. I mean, I didn't invent sous vide. It was, uh, sous vide was a process of vacuum packing food developed But that's in when you made the decision to start cooking things in water bars. Yeah, that was, that, that was, that was of a... one, of, one of the things wow. to get consistency, measure temperature. So for me, another Einstein quote, why should why do we need to learn things that we can look up many of us have become slaves to the things that we invented to apparently make our lives easier how much time do you spend on technology well if i want to poke my wife to get angry i do make a point to her occasionally which she hates with our kids i'm like do they really need to learn to write you know handwriting because i said look at our adult lives we only choose to we only elect to occasionally handwrite notes to ourselves because we are old school. There's no need in your modern adult life to ever write anything by hand. So always, unless James, you really want to. James has disappeared, but he, he uh, disgust at what I just said. Yes, maybe. And I love writing, right? And I write it all by away. hand, so I'm a complete contradiction. One of my metaphors is: Why do we need to know where a semicolon goes? And <laughs> I, this, I remember I put when, them in every so often. It's like sal- it's like salad. I sprinkle it on the top every so often, like parsley. <laughs> put it on because you think well, it looks fancy. <laughs> well, I was in Australia one time for the world's fifty best. Uh, I think it was Lifetime Achievement Award, and you could only criticise something when you've won it. Otherwise, people think that you're bitter and have an amazing relationship with them as a platform. I feel more relieved that I can breathe now because I'm now an icon. So I can't be number 47 or number number three. I can't be in it anymore. So they are an amazing platform. When I, at that Lifetime Achievement Award, I talked about this in human beings and what is better and what is best. And you could have the best and better is the largest restaurant, the fastest restaurant, most expensive restaurant, that, that, that's better and best. You can have your own better and best in terms of internal emotion, but the mixing of the two gets confused. And because food is so complex and eating is so complex, what is, what is best? I mean, one day you might want a pizza delivered in a cardboard box, and another day you might want a, na- a proper Naples pizza with you know, nicely fermented sourdough straight from the oven. One day you might want something on it, and next day you might want something else. So that's your best. So how can you have a best restaurant? It's like saying that Picasso was a better artist than Dali or Van Gogh or Reynolds yeah. or Turner. We love or, our lists though, don't we? Oh, uh, we, we love, love our lists. And so I went on Australian TV. Australians are very list orientated country. Uh, 60% of the newspapers are devoted to sport, numerical um, winning. So I go on the biggest breakfast TV show to talk about the world's 50 best and what is better and best. And, it, and food is our relationship with food can't be measured. It can be if you want it to be in terms of instructional cooking. But what, what is more complex is our self-awareness, how we can use food to learn more about ourselves and our relationship with the, with the planet. Um, that took a bit of explaining. <laughs> and the woman was looking at me a bit strange. Then the next guest on the sofa was a semicolon terrorist. 
I've never heard of such a thing. What he, this man would do was go around anywhere, like billboards or where he thought a semicolon was put in the wrong place. He would graffiti it and cross it off. Amazing. It's incredible. A semicolon terrorist. Amazing. A semicolon terrorist. There we are. (laughs) So um, we are, unfortunately, running out of our oven cooking time. But before we go, is there anything else on the theme of ovens that you want to pass on to our listeners? Any other thoughts you have on it? Just how people at home can sort of look at their square box in the corner and go, okay, how do I what do I do with this? I would I would recommend uh an oven thermometer just to check that what you set the dial to is the same. Remember time temperature. Time temperature is really, really, really important. You can part you can kill bacteria by superheat short time, slower heat, long time. The more a piece of food, the food is in the oven at the higher temperature, the more you, you kind of think that that air in the oven is also water. It's still got some kind of moisture. It's not completely dry. If you've got, for example, a piece of beef in there, the water in the beef heats up. So the longer the beef is in the oven for at a higher temperature, When you take the beef out of the oven or the chicken, you've then turned that chicken or beef into an oven of its own. So you have to consider consider, that's very important. Minutes per pound of cooking is just nonsense. Because again, let's take a rib of beef that is one kilo. So you cook for X amount of minutes per kilo or pound. But that that kilo, it's a tall, it's a long rib of beef. So it's about an inch thick. If you go for two ribs of beef that are shorter, but still with with one kilo, they could be three inches thick. So the temperature is not going to permeate in the same way. So I would suggest um, when cooking meat, just cook at a lower temperature for longer and then brown. Then if you want to, then crank the oven up and brown it. You might want your meat cooked higher for longer but remember take an oven take an oven temperature just test that your oven dial is accurate and if you don't have james's old bosch oven you have a relatively new oven then you can get someone you well you can get someone to come and um adjust it or you just calibrate it calibrate it or you can just buy a five six eight pound oven thermometer that you just stick on the shelf i didn't know you could recalibrate them that makes a lot of sense and again it's one of those things you just presume what it says on the front is exactly right and i've never even questioned it i think it's also like you said getting to know your equipment can only make you a better cook because you are more aware of what you're cooking with how you're cooking it and it will help define the way you do cook if indeed you're interested in it at all so when you're equipment when you have less equipment and it's old for example and battered and it goes all over the place it is an opportunity to discover if you've got 20 minutes to cook and you're not interested then you want something that does what it says on the tin they're two different perspectives i'm not saying that one is better than the other so but i loved i have loved getting to know my ovens 
And the last... Probably the chefiest thing you've ever said as well. I love that. The last (laughs) thing I would say linked to an oven that I was a really key thing for me. I used to make a lemon tart, the fat duck, and it was a custard-based lemon tart. And I wanted it to be cooked um, so that when cooked twice a day for lunch and dinner service, and when you cut it, it was just about to fall apart, melt, mm-hmm. but not. If it, if it melted, if it started to sag, it wasn't quite cooked enough. Any graininess was knackered for me, for this particular custard lemon tart. And a couple of times, more than a couple of times, the lemon tart was either grainy or um, or not cooked enough. So, but I would, when I taught the small team I had to cook the lemon tart, you, you put the pastry in, you pour the custard in, wobble it. I call it the wobble test. So there was a sort of circle of custard in the middle of the custard tart that if you shook the pan in a particular way would wobble in a particular way. And then when they said, well, this is, this, this is overdone. Well, I've done the wobble test, chef. So what I did for a week to 10 days is I did it myself and I probed that part of the custard and I was within one degree every time. Not because I'm amazing. It's just because you do something long enough and you, you then become better. Yeah, so the wobble became 71.5 degrees. So cook said tart until temperature reaches said temperature. That's a lot easier than the wobble test. It is. If you're not you. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is. Not necessarily better, though. (laughs) Uh, Heston, thank you ever so much for taking us inside the oven with you. James, thank you for sharing your harrowing Bosch memories or or experiences. We'll be getting the Arger out to you shortly. But for now, Heston, thank you ever so much. We will speak to you again soon. Thanks, chaps. 